0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. This weekend, next weekend, and indeed the following weekend, are the big Christmas weekends, Christmas parties, people going into town. David Pratt. David, good afternoon. How are you, Joe? How are you keeping? Well, how are you? What happened? You went into Dublin City Centre last Saturday. Yeah. And um, basically ended up having a lot of stuff go completely wrong in the whole night. It was an awful thing from start to finish, I have to say. Okay. So take us through what happened. So just me and two friends decided that we wanted to get out of our hometown and head into Dublin and just kind of have a, like a quiet night out, just chill, yeah. crazy, just before the holiday season. So we got the train into Dublin and we were having a few drinks on the train, nothing crazy. Went into town, the city centre, and we were having a good night. Everything seemed decent. We went on to another venue. Everything was all good. And that's when it kind of all started going downhill. Mm-hmm. So... In that venue, um, I know from my friends who've told me about it, said that I was talking to a number of lads in the smoking area and that they were buying me drinks. Mm. And kind of everything after that kind of becomes a blank. Fast forward into the evening, um, I'm a, I kind of come back into memory on Graft, uh, no, on Angel Street. Okay. Um, and uh, a nice taxi man found me. And uh, or I found him, I'm not really sure because I still was kind of in and out of it. But um ended up talking to him, and he rang my dad. He let me use his phone. He was so kind. And um, he rang my dad, and they were talking on the phone, and he ended up bringing me home. Uh-huh. And uh, definitely attribute my getting home safely to him. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. until the next day that uh, I just thought, you know, I'd gotten really drunk, and I'd lost my phone. Yeah. Um, and my friends, that's what I was just thinking. You know, I was being a bit of a... Yeah, uh, in a bit of a state because I'd lost everything. But um, when I went up to the when I went up to the venue to see if I could find my phone, they didn't have it. So I decided to see if I could go home and email them to see if they could have another look. And that's when I discovered uh, a number of emails on my account that my account details had been changed, my login information had been changed, wow. and a number of attempted transactions um, through uh, Apple Pay. Um, into a Coinbase account to turn into Bitcoin to try mm-hmm. and make the transfer untraceable. Yeah. Um, so I'd been locked out of all my accounts. I couldn't trace my phone. I couldn't erase my phone. Um, so I kind of just all went into panic mode down at that point because um, I didn't know, because I couldn't have access to any of my accounts or anything like that. I couldn't check anything. So um, I ended up going and reporting it to the guards. And um, so I'm talking with them at the moment. They've been very good to deal with. Um, they're working on transferring it up to the correct district and hopefully someone will be assigned um, to the case relatively soon because I've given mm-hmm. some invaluable evidence that they had made a transaction in a petrol station somewhere in Dublin um, and that they're on the CCTV from talking with the garage. I've contacted them myself um, using my phone for an in-purchase. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that I can get the to get the CCTV for that. So, David, how do you know how you got from this venue, from the smoking area, number of lads you were bu- they were buying you a drink? Do you know how you got from there to Anger Street? I have and, and what's no, what state were you in in Anger Street? I was in. I, I have no recollection whatsoever from the point of the drinks being bought. So that's why I believe I was like, obviously, there's, there's no way that we can tell at this point. But, um, and as well as the, the state I woke up in mm. would suggest as well, it happened to me a number of years ago on holidays. I'd woke up and I was dizzy, I was throwing up, I was, yeah. like the lights were, were coming in and brighter and darker, like I couldn't keep focus. Um, it was just completely unlike any hangover I've ever had. Okay, well, it was, uh, let me put it to you another way. Was the amount of drink you consumed that you remember in that smoking area especially, would that have put you in the condition from previous experience that you were in? Oh, definitely not. No, definitely 100% not. Okay. not. So your theory is your drink was spiked, then your phone was stolen. So how did they? So how did they open your phone? And that—that's the kind of the big question, Joe. Because I've been thinking about this, and I've been talk, I've actually been talking with Apple on the phone as well, mm. because they have a number of security features. You know, facial recognition. Yeah. 
or pin code. But um, a lot of theories that I'm getting from people that commented on my TikTok video uh, about my story on my account, David Pratt Life, um, had said that maybe when I was out of it, they used my face to get into the phone or that they had been watching me through the night and got the pin code. Um, there's lots of other theories, but it definitely sounded like a professional job. Because yeah, sure does. Locked, sure does. They had me locked out of all my accounts, all the tra- trackable stuff within 15 minutes of having my phone. Wow. And I know from a, a lot of the people that have outreached to me, it's happened to a number of people around Dublin in the recent weeks, and even the same weekend as myself. So I know that it is a thing that's becoming more prevalent, and I just yeah. wanted to raise a bit of awareness on it. And your friends had, got, had gone elsewhere, had you, at that stage? They couldn't find me. I couldn't okay. find them. Wow! I didn't even know where I was, and even in the and where the did your message, where did your bloody nose come from? I have no idea whatsoever. I just have blood all over my wallet. I had blood on my rings. Um, and the picture I sent into yourself there, you can see the blood on my train ticket. Um, so it was just, it was just one big mess after another. But I've I've no idea where the blood came from. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think they hit me because I don't have any marks. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure where the blood itself came from. But uh, right even on. the facts around in the message I sent into yourselves there, and saying that even in some states, my father. And do you know the name of the taxi driver who rescued you? I don't know the name of the taxi driver, is... but I did text in his number. Okay, well, here he is now. His name is Ken Redden. Ken, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you doing? And you David, heard... how are you? <laughs> not too bad, Ken. Thank you so much again. You honestly... You did me a solid there last Saturday. Uh, no problem at all. My pleasure, in fairness. So, My Ken, pleasure. tell us, tell us, you were on Angel Street walking, and you saw, you saw what what state was this man in? He, you know what? He wasn't completely in a, in, in a bad state. He he got lucky that the fact that I was stuck in traffic more so than nothing else, and okay. the window was down. I kind of made a bit of an impassioned plea to kind of to bring him home. Okay. So I kind of, as I say, I took pity on the fella. On David, so um, but look, you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd hate to think any of my own kids were in that yeah, state. And they okay, so home. so so David got into your taxi. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Now I have to say, if he had a bloody nose when he was getting in, he wouldn't have got in. So I didn't see one. So he must okay. have must have done it when, when he got home. Okay, or that happened beforehand. He wiped his nose or whatever, but he has blood on his yeah. on the photographs. There, he's blood on his on his wallet. So he gets into to your car, and what was he coherent? He was actually very, like, he was coherent enough to be able to kind of uh, stay where he wanted to go um, and uh, he'd lost his phone and whatnot. And, like, yeah, we, we had a bit of a conversation. It wasn't, wasn't okay. too bad. Like, we could understand him. He wasn't slurring around at that stage, but that was, that was probably early in, in, in the process of what, what was going on with him. Yeah, well, what time did you see him? What time did you pick him up? Jane, you might probably about two o'clock, maybe, if even yeah. that. In the morning, 2 a.m., okay. Yeah, 2 a.m. Okay, now, so he said, my phone is gone. Yeah, so I, I actually made an offer to, to I actually phone the phone for him. Oh, good lad. And at that stage, his phone had been switched off. Ah. So they, they, they'd already, whatever they were doing was well and truly done at that stage. They, were, they were organised. And what did you do next? Because you managed to get, get him home. Yeah, well, look, he, he wants to get home. I know kind of most people are paying through their phone these days and whatnot. So kind of, you know, look, what story we're getting paid and stuff like that. More so than mm. that, rather than kind of... Because it was a long... As, as David has told us, he lives in Balbriggan and he got the yeah. train into town. So it's a long... That's a, that's a long journey. Okay, so you... Yeah. So tell us what happened. You so we stopped an ATM. Is is the car's red and working on his ATM on the ATM? So I said, look, you come back to me. So look, if there's any way of uh, contacting someone, yeah, that we can we can organise something to when you get out there, or even let them know what's going on with you more so than nothing else. Um, and look, strange enough, and I've said this to your research as well, Tara. I, I, I couldn't tell you someone's phone number if, they, if you asked me. Okay. No, it's amazing no. how the people that don't remember a phone no, number now. No, but no. you just go straight to your phone. But it's amazing, David, like he knew his dad's phone number off. And fair play to him. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So you, rang, so, yeah, so so we, you rang the father? Yeah, yeah. I gave David the phone. He was yeah. talking to his dad, told him the predicament he was in and whatnot. And so I, 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 I had no problem at all bringing him out then once I knew there was someone there to, to meet him and whatnot. Okay, and well done, Ken. Uh, by the way, David, not every not every taxi driver would have stopped. 
Oh no, and I've had many in town, you know, on nights out that just wouldn't go all the way out because I know I understand that it's not worth their while for a lot of them because they get probably a lot more on the shorter runs, but okay. you get very few that would help you in a situation like that, and that's why I was so appreciative. And do you but remember? When, do you remember being in Ken's taxi? Um, I remember. I remember vaguely chatting to him okay. in the like the wagon. I vaguely remember some sort of chat there, but I don't really remember anything. What's, what do you mean? Like, in, what do you mean in the wagon? Uh, not the wagon, you know, uh, in the taxi. In the taxi. Are yeah. you? Are you? I drive a van. I drive a van. <laughs> oh, you drive so a van. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a seven seater. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, a wagon. Yeah. That's a, that's another description of it. But do you do you remember talking to Ken? Um, I remember that we talked, but I don't remember what we were talking. Okay. About. And how did you remember your dad's number? It just seems great. My, my dad's numbers engraved with me. My parents' numbers have been the same for ten years, so I just okay. It's in your remember. it's in your DNA at this stage. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're so how many hours? Many hours do you think are missing? Can pick um, you up at two. You no, were in it's the, actually three o'clock. I'm just looking there. Three. Good man, three Ken. Good man, Ken. Okay. And what time, uh, David? What time do you reckon you have? You any recollection of what time you entered that smoking area of that pub? Oh, it was probably around 11 o'clock at night. And you remember 12 o'clock at night? No, every, everything okay. after kind so of 11 o'clock. So there's, there's four, four missing hours. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Uh, anyway, and uh, will the guardie go looking for... Was there CCTV in the smoking area of this pub? There must be. Yeah, so um, the venues have been incredible to deal with. I'm not going to name them no, because I'm not here to shit on them, but... Um, it's not their fault whatsoever. Um, yeah. They've been great to deal with. Um, so they've contacted me and they're trying to get the CCTV footage to give over to the guard. Guards, yeah. And um, the guards as well. So I'm just waiting to hear about them to have someone assigned. Because um, we do have them on CCTV. Okay. Um, so that's why. And, we have and do, you reckon, do you reckon the guys that were buying you a drink, were, were the two, three, four, were they together? Do you follow me? Did they know each other? Do you think? Well, I don't know if you can remember. Um, do, do you, do, I don't really know, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it literally, it, it's the strangest experience. Like, I, I just remember the smoking area yeah. chatting, and it's just absolutely nothing whatsoever. Except you're, you land in Danger Street, and then you realise you've, you've blood, then you realise your, your wallet's gone, then you realise your phone is gone, then you actually... You're, you, you seem to go into another slump in terms of re- remembering. And look, luckily enough, the good Samaritan there, Ken Redden, uh, got you home. Um, and then, like, uh, uh, did they actually manage to get money? Because it's a, it was obviously a sophisticated job. They knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, they got your phone. Maybe they held it up to your face. And that would have opened it, would it not? If it's yeah. facial mm-hmm. recognition. Um, you, you don't remember this. And uh, but how much t- did they get money off you? So uh, uh, initially, initially I thought they had gotten the money because the emails I sent through to your guys said that the money had been added to the Coinbase Coinbase account, and obviously I had no access to my bank accounts. So uh, I only got off the phone with Bank of Ireland, and they had actually fair play to them. They had caught the right. suspicious transactions oh, well um, before letting them process. So a big shout out to Bank of Ireland because. Uh, they stopped the money leaving the account because they thought the activity was suspicious. And funny enough, you'll get a laugh out of this, Joe. Bank of Ireland, because they couldn't get through to my phone because obviously I didn't have the phone, mm-hmm. they were ringing my dad's phone and he thought it was a scam call so uh, he kept hanging up on them. But oh, it was them to warn. Oh, good luck. Oh, good luck. Because <laughs> you know the way them calls yeah, been going around them all lately. The so here, he yeah. just thought it was a scam and oh. kept hanging up on them. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you're, you're saying they were, they were, they were very, they were very good. Any, any sight or sound of the phone since? No. No. So what, what they managed to do is they logged in, turned off all the traceability, so they t- locked me out of the iCloud account, locked me, turned off to find my iPhone feature so that I couldn't turn it off or hide it. Like, it's a very sophisticated job that they did. Like, they had me locked without without any trace of them. Wow. Um, and the only slip-up they made was the in-person transaction at a garage. So that's why I'm hoping I can get the guard to collect ah. the CCTV before it's wiped, because the a very good, garage yeah. in question has told me that they have the CCTV. And have you told uh, them that, have you told them the guard you will be in touch, please do not spite, please do not erase? Yeah, I, I sent them a following email, asking them if they could hold the CCTV footage that 
on Garda Shea would want to review it. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten a response back to that one, though. Okay, well, let's let's try and get things moving. Um, because this spiking, uh, this, that, that was a nasty organised crime. That really was. Um, 51551, Joe at RT.ie. Uh, Martin, good afternoon. Spiking, you, uh, I know you work in the security sector. Yes, Joe, and what I've seen is becoming way more prevalent. It's becoming a real issue at this stage now. Now, what I've encountered in my duties mm-hmm. is uh, targeting on young women. That seems to be the agenda. But I've heard of lads being targeted as well for all different reasons. Sometimes it's just a bit of a kick with guys, you know? See how a guy will react and all this, which is disgusting behaviour, yeah. really, to anyone. But what I've come across, it's basically an agenda towards young women. That seems to be the, the major focus. And do you think, uh, from your experience, do you think it uh, has been on the increase? One is not about a job because I have a lot of friends across the sector and they come up with the same stories. We discuss things and they have a problem and they are bad or they are trouble as well. It is on the increase big time. We need to make people more aware of it, especially parents, be more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Get their kids home at night, get them, make sure they get picked up. And we um, need to work with schools as well. It's an education awareness thing we need here because this is a very serious thing. It's, it's a very easy thing to operate now. To detect it is almost impossible because we've gone back through CCTV and clubs and it's very difficult to find the source. Oh, good God. It's a slick operation. Yeah. These guys know what they're doing. And they come in at random. They don't come in the same nights. They come in at random. You might see them for two or three weeks again. They come back in again. So it is It is on the increase. People need to be aware of it, especially young women need to be aware of this. Uh, and and, and stick, to, stick together. Absolutely. Stick Sticking together, groups. Yeah. Absolutely. Stay in your group and try and mind your drink at all times and I'll leave someone that you know you can trust to watch yeah. your drink fire if you go to the toilet that kind of thing this is the opportunity these guys are looking at Yeah. Uh, but it's a horrible horrible thing to do to anyone regardless of what their agenda is horrible and as you say they can have different agendas it could be to attack you absolutely God, yes. D- David did you again I'm trying to jog your memory did you leave your drink unattended at any stage to go in and buy cigarettes or go in and go to the loo or anything I couldn't tell you. I okay. literally, I literally don't remember anything. But that's not beyond the bounds of possibility, is it? No, like you were, my friend. What, yeah, you weren't suspicious. Friend, I wasn't suspicious of anyone, and my friends, like, see, they're often the dancer type girls, and I was yeah. like, I, I'm that person that floats around the smoking area talking shit to everyone. So I would have just bounced around and talked to anybody. So okay. And when they came out and seen me talking to some lads that were buying me drinks and stuff like that, they didn't really see anything out of the norm. Okay. So it didn't kind of alert them to anything. Yeah. I see but, that. Uh, I, see, I see that trend like, which was your journey into town. Um, I see the, the blood on the... You, can hardly, you can't read the train ticket with the blood on it. Um, so, Martin, what, what, what's your advice in the, from the security sector for people going yeah. out this weekend? I would say to anyone who's beginning to feel... Uh, if, you know, if they're drinking spike, if they're beginning to feel unwell, go to the security, go to the management, go to the okay. bar staff, let them aware, or go to your friends. Don't get yourself isolated because, you see, what this poor chap had to go through there last week, horrendous. Uh, we need more awareness of this. We need to work with schools, and it's uh, and that's where we need to go, really. We need to make people more aware of the dangers going to the cities and towns because this thing is spreading right across the country. Okay. So I have a lot of friends in the industry, and they all, we all seem to come up with the same thing. It's, it's very prominent now. It is on the rise. We need to make people aware of it to watch your drinks. Be careful and stay in our groups. Don't get isolated. Okay. 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 Yeah. As well, okay. Joe, I completely David, yeah. agree with what he's saying there because you'd want to see the outreach, like the messages I'm getting from people with similar mm-hmm. stories that happened to me recently and stories even from a year ago. But I'm also getting an outreach from parents concerned about you know their children drinking in town and what they think I would do next if I was to know what I know now about going out and some advice. But, like, the one thing that keeps coming up is that it is prevalent and more and it's happening more and more frequently. Yeah. So I think it's important to raise the awareness so that people are aware. And how are you feeling now? Any after effects? Um, I've been kind of slumped the last few days trying to figure, trying to get everything back on track. Mm-hmm. You know, you have so much of your life on your phone nowadays that when you need to get into accounts, it goes to the phone or it goes to an app on your phone. And when I was locked out of my accounts, I couldn't re-download the apps. And then there was a nightmare with the numbers, so it was just a general nightmare. But okay. um, it's it's picking up now, and I think now the important thing is um, to just kind of flag it, and hopefully someone will heed the advice and not let strangers buy them drinks, or you know, just okay. approach it in a more safe manner. Ken, what's the um, the t- Ken, the taxi driver, Ken Redden, what's what's Dublin City like at night at two o'clock in the morning? Uh, look, it's 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 people coming out that like they're they're, they're 
I'm going to say high, but the high in, in good spirits this time of the year, yeah. more so than anything else. But like that, that's that's the, the biggest part. Okay. Of it. And just be just be mindful of what's going on around you, really. And and, and to, to echo there, don't get isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and definitely stay in, in well lit areas as well. Don't don't okay. be kind of going down alleyways that you don't need to be going down. Well, you're a great, and I know the vast majority of taxi drivers would do the same. You're a great advertisement for it, Ken. Well done. Well done. Thank you. And by the way, it, there should be a traffic jam in Angel Street at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, but yes, it's always going on up, up beyond yeah. and up around it to, okay. to get around onto Harcourt Street. Well, there's a, there's a traffic jam, and the traffic jam in Dublin now. Apparently, the traffic is so bad in Dublin, Chris Ria has already started driving home for Christmas, so he get there in time. <laughs> Ken, Ken Redden, you mind yourself, and thanks again. And the Thank thanks, you, thanks comes from David, obviously, and his family. Yeah, also, Martin. I'm just glad he's doing well. Okay, Martin. Thank you for your service and keep thank, keep thank your you eyes well. open. Thanks for that contribution, David Pratt. You mind yourself, old pal. Take it easy. Thank you very much, Joe. Okay, you're a good lad. You're a good lad. I'm sorry that happened to you. Now, bye bye, Joe at RT.ie. Five one double five one is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe, good afternoon. Ah, uh, good afternoon, Joe. Blessings of God on you for you, taking you, my call and helped me to highlight this. Okay, and th- thank you for making the call. Tell us, tell us, Joe, what do you want to highlight? I want to highlight this go-ahead group took over from CIE for the 17 and 18 bus stop, or okay. buses, I should say. They've cut us off completely, Joe. A whole square of Crumlin. They've stopped the 17 bus. Mm-hmm. The 18 bus now, they have coming up Sundrive Road, turning up to Kimmage Road West, where there is our two more buses. Okay. And then they've still to go through Crumlin Village. So why did they cut off Cassia Road, Stanaway Road, Armagh Road? I mean... There was a lot of elderly people got mm-hmm. the bus up to the village where there was a great hub up there. And um, and he... they also attended, like to attend mass yeah. and afterwards go in to the parish centre for a cup of tea or coffee. So Socially, tell us, yeah, you know. Yeah, now, go ahead. Our, this is all transport for Ireland. They're, they're in charge of everything. So... Go ahead. Know, go ahead. We're, yeah. Go ahead. We're given a number of routes, and Dublin bus have the other routes yeah, in yeah, Dublin. So okay. So I thought the eighteen bus was gone completely, Joe. Well, they're they're calling it the S four now. They're changing it to number to letters of some of the buses. What and um, I mean, there were people on it on getting on on Cashel Road, going hmm. out to the rehab in Ballyfermot. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, then there was people that couldn't walk up. I mean, I know one lady with COPD that can't walk. And they have to get to the village for their pension. Their dentists, their doctors, and if they want their hair done, as I say. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's, they used, people used to get it to the, I was at the James's last week myself. The hospital, yeah. And... You used to get the 18 to the children's hospital and then get the 1, 2, 3 to James. Okay, yeah. And now that's gone, and it was such a horrential day. Horrible. Yeah. Um, I had to get a taxi home, lashing rain, freezing cold. And um, so tell it's us, just that, uh, older people. Yeah, well, every, who was, yeah, yeah, everybody. Who was there, it was their time out. In yeah. the morning. Well, tell us about tell us how you used to collect your pension, and how how you have to collect your pension now since the well, the, bo- see, the routes were changed. Well, you I don't get mine paid in the post office. Okay. So I don't know. What well, say going down. Do. Well, well, give give me give me an example of you going down to the village. What difference has this change made? It you, means there's no bus coming by the corner. I mean, I've lived here all my life. I mean, mother before me, and as long as we're here, we've always had buses going up to the village, you know. So, and so now you have to walk to the village. I walk, yeah, but okay. there's others that can't. I know, and of course, I tell you're you, very Joe, good. if it was a, a freezing yeah, rainy yeah, you know, day, at, yeah, I don't yeah. think I'd be going up, you know. But I met a lady now at the bus shelter on Armour Road outside the school, mm. and um, last week, 
or it was the week before, before the bus had stopped. And um, she said, we missed an 18, I'll have to wait for the next one. And I said, she said, but there might be a 17 coming for you. Mm. And I said, I oh, know, I think I'll walk on up to the village. Oh, well, I can't. Yeah. I have to wait for yeah. the 18 because... It's up the far end of the village, and she said, I can't walk that far. I mean, could you imagine your mother, Joe, walking about mm-hmm. a mile and a half up to collect her pension? You I know, know, I know, I know. And the 18 bus used to go past our yeah. house at Bally Farm that went up. By the, I remember, this is this is this tells you something. I, I think the 18, I remember the day the 18 bus route started. Um, yeah. That's that's now it's not that long ago now, Joe. And um, I remember the colour of the blue and the blue and white Atlantean bus, and I remember yeah. the great Tommy Feeling, the great John Sweeney, all the great Mrs. Robinson, all the great stalwarts of Body Farm who campaigned yeah. for this bus. And it was a very unusual bus, and that it went from Cherry Orchard Hospital instead of going into the city centre where every other on Lar or every other bus went, it went across towards Crumblin and out towards Sandy Mount. So, oh, it was great for Sandy Mount, Joe. I mean, yeah. people used it to go yeah. and just sit on the seat right. in the summer. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Now, do you want me to read out the changes, uh, Joe? Because are you good with figures? Because I am. Are you good with numbers? <laughs> are you good with letters? Because I am. Wait, wait for this, Joe. Take Have your pen and paper handy, Joe. Take. You'll have to oh, take notes. Uh, money mess. Money mess. Phase, phase 5B. Of the Bus Connects, new redesign launches in the south of Dublin on the Sunday the 26th of November, which is your area. Yeah. Uh, the network redesign is continuing to improve the existing bus, net, bus network. Well, your, your bus network is gone with the yeah. launch of Phase 5B. Wait for this. The phase will involve the introduction of orbital routes S2, S4, S6, yeah. S8. W2, radial route 74, and local yeah. routes L25, L55. Ah, uh, yeah, I have the leaflet in front of me. <laughs> yeah, and Does... they only sent those leaflets around the week before, Joe, and you can't make head nor tail of them. It was a map with blue, red, it sounds like It sounds lines. like it, it sounds like a code. That yeah. Alan Thorning would have developed in World War Two. I uh, know. Why didn't this, they just leave? The, yeah, the numbers? this phase. Wait for yeah. this. First of all, it's it's the phase is five B. That's what that's called. Yeah. But the buses are called S two, S four, S six, A eight, and W two. Are you following me, Joe? Radial <laughs> yeah, route, indeed. radial route seventy four, and local routes L twenty five and L fifty five. Now, just to, mm. I, want, I need to clarify one thing with you, Joe. And okay. I, will, I will be asking you more questions at the end of this paper. Routes S2, 74 and L25 will be operated by Dublin Bus. And routes S4, S6, S8, W2 yeah. and L55, where's L50, will be operated by Go Ahead Ireland, all on behalf of Transport for Ireland. Route yeah. S4, Joe. Yeah, it's the 18. Okay. And you know, people think it's the 54 going through the village the way the S is written, you know. Well, what was the point know, of bringing it up the Kimmage Road and through the village when they took go on yeah. to Ballier and, like, quite cut off the whole block of Crumlin, you know, Cashel Road. OK, well, then the other thing as well, OK. Um, route S4, which you say people are reading is 54. Yeah. Like, you know, that's like, the, the bus to Cabaret used to be the number 12 bus. And then when the, the the routes expanded, they called it the the, the uh, 120. Mm. But people in Cabra still call it the 12.0. They don't read. <laughs> okay, here we are. The introduction of these yeah. new routes will coincide with the removal of existing Route 61, which is operated by Dublin Bus, and Route 17, 18, 75A, 76A, and yeah. the 175. That's Operated right. by Go Ahead Ireland, all, beha- yeah. all on behalf of TFI. Yeah, now they put on a bus 74 with the number of it coming from Rialto up to Armagh Road. Yeah. And what they did was it, they turned left on Cashel Road and went out to Raffarnham, and the same coming back. They, okay. So they're not going up. The Chapel Road, as we used to call, call it, it. Okay. Uh, up to the village. 
you know. Okay. And now, it's it's awful because it's after I said, I mean, I was listening to your programme last week about loneliness. Yeah. And it's after isolating older people mm-hmm. now and leaving them lonely. I mean, at a season of goodwill. You know, I mean, inflicting this hardship in winter on people. And they only sent around the leaflets, as I said, the week before. Yeah. It's just inexcusable. And um, are you even living, my are you, nephew... Are you, are you living on your own, Joe? I am, indeed. Oh, OK. And even uh, my nephew, I gave him to look at the leaflet, and he couldn't make head or tail yeah. of the map. It's all this new thing. If you buy a ticket for two euros, you get 90 minutes travel. Yeah. And you connect from this bus to this bus, bus to yeah. this bus to the Lewis. Now, we haven't got the Lewis. I know, there's only, there's only, yeah, there's only two yeah. Lewis lines in Dublin. I wish people keep remembering that. People think the Lewis... Only, there's only two Lewis yeah. lines in Dublin. Yeah, there's about 160 bus routes, so we depend much more on buses. Yeah, and they're talking about car emissions and people more u- using more transport buses and all. You know, mm-hmm. that's awful. And as well as that, show, the 17 used to go up Turn left at the church and go to Ashleaf, and people used to go centre, there yeah. for shopping the ones are up and there, then yeah. get it back. Okay, yeah. I'm just I'm asking people in other cities and other parts of the country to bear with us on this yeah. conversation because I know people will be saying where's Cashier Road and Armagh Road and Crumlin, but just just an example of what's, it's supposed to be an improvement. We we wait, but if the customers don't feel it's an improvement, there's no point in saying on papers on yeah. paper that it is. Uh, improving because they say this network redesign is continuing whether you like it or not Joe to improve the existing bus network (laughs) if you could get the buses (laughs) 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 oh lord god and by the way there'll be no S4 L4 L55 74 L25 W2 um, Route 74 there'll be no buses on Christmas Day which you think would have changed over the years but it hasn't yeah and there's yeah, no years ago they used to run that's right. to one that's o'clock right. that's right yeah. that's right and He's... that's another thing you used to go down to Mount your own Christmas morning and they took the hmm. 55 away from us years and years ago so you can't get to Mount Jerome directly. And then you know? the, the trains and the dart is gone on Christmas Day and Stephen's Day. My God. And what um, about uh, people that are working? And what about, well, back to your other point, what about the environment? They don't want us driving. That's right, yeah. Exactly, Joe. I don't know where it's all coming from. And Joe, jo, you, are, you, are you a member of any little group or anything? Do you... You get out a bit, obviously. You're a great. Oh, out. I do. I You're try great. and get to mass every morning. Good Joe. woman. And where do you yeah. go? To, where do you go to mass? Up to the village. Okay. Yeah. And um, what time is that mass on at? Nine o'clock. Oh, well done. Yeah. So you've actually good... one day walking up there. The paths were in such a state. I tripped, oh. and uh, but uh, you can imagine older people trying to walk up. Well, they no. can't. You know. And what what do you do for for Christmas? You mentioned who did you mention there? Your nephew. My nephew and his wife and children normally come to me Christmas Eve and they have a oh. little snack and then they oh, come up to mass with me. Yeah. And dry, and leave me home. Oh, you know lovely. the mass Mid- on Christmas Eve. The midnight yeah. mass or the ten o'clock mass? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Seven and then what do you do mass. on what do you do on Christmas Day, Joe? They invite me up to their house. Oh, not lovely. So he and calls long, for me. How long has that tradition been going on? Ah, uh, for a few years yeah, now, okay. you know, and since my mum died. Okay. Yeah. Your mother, you lived with your mum, mum, did you? I did, you? did, and I mean, as long as she was here, <laughs> they always had buses, as you know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's got, it's and were you close? Were you close to your mother, Joe? Is that what you were saying? You. Oh, of course I was, yeah. yeah. She actually had a stroke. She was in a wheelchair ah, okay. for 12 and a half years. But uh, she was so lovely to look after. And who, yeah. looked, who looked after her? I did. And then one of my sisters would take her out two days yeah. a week and the other sister would take her out another, the following two weeks, you oh, know, okay. week for two. And my brother has come up, but well, they're all dead now, Joe. Oh, don't. don't say that. Yeah, my no, last sister died there ah, in October. She was ah. living in Australia and she died. So, anyway, 
I don't oh, mean to be sad. It's no, more you're about not, the... you're not sad. You were laughing there a few minutes ago. Yeah, it's more about the buses. I'm, it's yeah. more about older people. Yeah, and, and being isolated. And, and So where yeah. where is your nearest bus stop to you now, Joe? that has any Just use? three blocks away on the corner. Oh. Yeah. OK, and where will that bus take you? That's the one that the 18 and 17 oh, okay. used to come up. Yeah, yeah. they've changed that. And with, I mean, there's yeah. people on other roads coming off Cashel, Stanaway, Clamac Noise, all these roads, yeah. you know, that used to get them, you know. Okay. So, Look, and have you ever been on the Lewis, just for the fun of it? I was, yeah, yeah. A neighbour, God, he died too last year, um, used to drive if we were going into town. Mm. He was a great neighbour. He used to bring me shopping and masks yeah. and everything. And when we'd be going into town, he'd drive to Drimna and we'd get the Lewis into town and then, he, you know, get it back to Drimna and he'd drive home, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's the only time. See, it's not available to us. It's, know, you know, it's too far away. Too far away. But I know I had two aunts. I often mention them here, Rose and Rainey, and they were they were inseparable, Joe. Uh, yeah. need, need and they used to go around. They they were known and they they linked each other everywhere they went. Uh, oh, be gosh. And yeah. I suspect when you were walking with your mother, you linked your mother as well as, pe- as people well, do. Well, I wheeled her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, before you wheeled her, so you, so yeah, you linked her. Yeah, I did, her. indeed. But when they, they had a great sense of adventure like yourself, and they, they were very conscious, and they went around. Every time there was a new bus route, they used to get on the bus and just go. Just to try it out. Just to go. try it out to see where yeah. they used to get on, to, and go to the terminus, get out, go for a little walk, if there was somewhere yeah. to have a cup of coffee, now and the, then back on. The 18 or the S4 is the current now. It's yes. running all the way to Liffey Valley now. And I know okay. two people that went out there last okay. week and they were delighted. Well, Liffey Valley is you lovely. Know. Liffey Valley is lovely. Yeah. And there's uh, lovely the, lovely coffee shops. The M&S there, there's great. The yeah, staff. it's a big shop. The staff in, yeah. in Marks and Spencer there in Liffey Valley, Annette and all yeah. the crew, they're, they're brilliant. They're, and they're very yeah. helpful. Stay, stay with us. Mean, stay with us. Stay okay, Joe. Stay with us. Stay with us, Joe. Okay, um, Joe. Uh, where Thank is you. Uh, five one double five one? Eddie Cummins. Eddie, you live in Chapel Lizard, in, Dub- in Dublin. Um, yeah. uh, what's happened to your bus service? Well, over the last couple of years, it's probably to be displayed about eighty percent. There used to be several buses come uh, down from Parmes down down in through the village, and there's one, only one bus goes through the village now. The twenty six. And the problem with that is, is mm. over the last couple of years, and I've, lived, I've lived here for 37 years, and it's, as you know, Chapel Lizard has grown and grown in population. Yeah, yeah, course, there are yeah. now, in the vicinity of within a half a mile, there are about four developments, nearly yeah, finished, yeah. or in the process, which brings in probably an extra couple of hundred families. Now, I know that in one of the, uh, the, the new estate facing the church in Chapel Lizard, there was a problem building them, and there was a complaint that there wasn't enough car parking spaces mm. for the amount of apartments, and where were these cars going to be parked out on the main street? And they're trying to get people out of their cars onto public transport. And what they're doing is they're diminishing the service, so people will have no other option than to find their own way, get by their own cars or whatever, because at the moment, like I, I, I use uh, the, the public transport quite a lot, and mm. I see now that the 76 is gone. The 76 used to come from Chapel as a village. Yeah, 76 is gone. The 76A is gone. That's gone. The 75 is gone. The 718 is gone. The 17 is gone. The 175. The L55 to me is a nonsensical bus route. Why? You know, because it's once an hour, right? Yeah. It goes up into Ballyfermot, yeah, up into the Test Grand. It goes up into Walparmistown, then comes back around and down. And that's once in it. That could be once every half hour. You know, I mean, it's a very short route. Oh, the L55 is just a circular route from Chapel Lizard It's up only to like an orbital one. It's only yeah, like... Yeah, OK. But it, it doesn't make sense because it... it once every hour. It went up into once every Valley, hour. And then went to Parmistown. That would make much more sense. Once every hour. Once every hour. And, and like, like bus drivers are just like you and me, Joe. Sometimes they get sick and they don't know for work. Because yeah. even when the 76 was here... There were times when you'd be waiting an hour and a half for a 76 because you'd pick up your phone, you'd go onto the app and say, bus cancelled, bus cancelled, you know. Yeah. So it's, the service, I think, is getting worse. And what I, what I fear is that 
when all these new housing estates and all these apartments are built, and people, particularly as a big one up at the top of the chapel is a little road, those people will come down into the village to get a bus into town. Of course they will. And that's there, there are times in the morning, Joe, there's a bus stop at St. Uh, the school there on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And there can be up to 20 or 30 I've seen people. It. I've seen it. I've never wait, seen. I've never seen down. that bus stop there at the bridge without anyone at it. There's always yes. a, a gr- good group of people. And there's one bus now, and and you you take it that there's a big development up in Palmerstown just finished. That 26, that the only bus that comes down into through the village, it's going to be more than likely. And I've seen it full when they got to the village and people there waiting half an hour, you know, forty minutes for a bus. You know, so yes. I'm just wondering where this is all going. You know, get up and go Ireland and, you know, all this all the route and there's a better service, a better... Uh, you know, it's, well, it's trans- all... Transport for Ireland said they'll get people back on their feet. They didn't tell us they meant to be be, be walking everywhere because Joe, there's no... The if you buses. have... Joe, there's a hundred and... I would say approximately, just in the Chapel Lizard village alone, around that area, there's 150 new apartments or houses yeah. and families going to be moving in there and they're, going to, they're coming into a service that has been cut by 80% over the last two years. And was there any, now, consul- going to happen, Eddie, was there any like consultation? Well, there, there was no consultation. You know, it, it's just ridiculous, Joe. And the one t- people I really feel sorry for, and I'm not, like, I'm a pensioner myself, but I'm fairly yeah. fit, fairly, I have a bike, I can cycle, yeah. I don't have time to Normally I would cycle, Joe, because when you go out there, you do really literally don't know what... What that bus coming down, will it be full or will it not be full? And you, you, you could be waiting 20 minutes. I've been in on town on the bus on my bike and that now the time. It's the elderly people I see regularly who get on the... Well, they used to get on the 76, right? And yeah. they said, you know, I'm going to the square. I'm going to see my relations in Kunzalkan or Kunzalkan village. They can no longer do that now. There's no bus that goes from Chapel Lizard to Kunzalkan or to Tala. You know, okay, and these okay. people have depended on it for decades. Yeah, yeah, okay. You okay, know, okay. and now it's gone. And nobody seems to care. You know, and, and that's what, you know, it's just crazy, Joe. But like, you see, I a mean, few, was it a year ago now, there was all these ads from Transport for Ireland saying there's going to be a meeting in Ballyfermot and Clondalkin and a consultation there was meeting. No consultation. No, I, I don't know whether they were actually consultation meetings or were they just meetings to tell you. What's, ha- what's going to happen anyway stay there for a few seconds I need to take a break Joe you stay there as well because of some other people from Crumlin who say you, that, that you're absolutely correct in your analysis Joe 51551 Joe at rt.ie Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Connor O'Mahony you're listening to Joe go ahead about the 18 bus <laughs> Hi, Joe. Um, no, I was just you were talking about the 18 there. Um, I, I remember reading years ago, or hearing years ago, that the mm. 18 was instigated uh, at the behest of the McGrath family who won the Irish sweepstakes. Okay. That, that they employed, uh, they particularly employed a lot of widows. That okay. found it very hard to find employment back in the day. Right. And they, a lot of them in particular, lived in Ballyfermot for some reason. Okay. So they had awful trouble getting out to Ball's Bridge to the sweepstake. And that was the, if you like, the motivation for instigating that route way back in the day. Because it was a unique route because it was one of the, I think it was the first route that uh, CIE, as it was then, operated. That that didn't go into the city centre. It was an orbital route, as they said, and it was extraordinarily popular. Extraordinarily right. popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it's really I, an interesting history. I'm kind of slightly surprised you that you, you weren't aware of it. Given I know, the, I was too young. I remember, I, I was too young. I was too. I was in a pram looking out. Mabel was wheeling me down in the big Crossley pram. I don't, no, yeah. sorry, I tell a lie. It was a pedigree pram with the big four wheels and the springs. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in it and I was looking across at the 18 bus. Now, I was 12 at the time, but I still loved my mother pushing me around. But <laughs> now I'm saying... <laughs> it's a very Joe. Are you still there? I, I, I think. I am, I, have we got that man from Crumlin saying Crumlin has been been completely cut off? He agrees with you. Oh yeah. With the yeah. with the new routes. Now we've asked we we we've asked them all the time. They're a massive Quango transport for Ireland. We asked them to come on. Mm, and Anne Graham is a very competent CEO. She's always on the news, but she won't. Mm. And we asked her to come on and talk to the people who use the buses. Yeah. 
Actually, when that man was talking about uh, getting the bus from Ballyfermot out, I used to work in Ringsend, and I used to get the bus down to Baggett Street and walk down Haddington Road, and the same coming home, the 18, you know? I mean, so many people depend on it, not only in Crumlin, in other places. You know, okay, well, I don't t- see the rhyme or reason okay. why they're going up the Kimmage Road where there's two of the buses going and coming around okay. by the village because they still have to come through the village, you know, so why not come yeah. up Casha Road and up Chapel Road to the village, you know, yeah. I, I just can't. Okay, well, let's, let's say it again to Transport Front, there's a standing invitation, they know this to come on. Live line, yeah. they never have, but there's a standing invitation. They can ring at the drop of a hat and they'll be on the program. They know that it's a, it's a, uh, yeah. it's a listener's well, program. Again, you can ring me, Joe. Yeah, and I mean, stay, stay, there for, stay there, stay there for a second. Matty <laughs> Lennon, Matty. Okay, hello, Joe. Matty, is that Matty? They used to be a conductor when there was conductors. I'm afraid it is, yes, Joe. And how are you keeping? I'm coping with the day so far, and uh, <laughs> I'm, after, I'm after putting uh, three quarters of a century of days behind me now, so I'm hoping for the best. Good man. How are things with you, and how are they I'm all great. They're all great in Ballyfermot. My sister still, still lives on, on Cremona. Um, you were a conductor on the 18. Do you know Do you know why the 18 bus was invented, Matty? The route? No, I didn't, but I was listening to Joe Duffy there, um, a couple of minutes ago, and I learned why the Thermograph family were um, yeah. instrumental in it. I thought it was to get us to Sandy Mount Strand. Well, I don't know, but uh, and what was the what Patrick, was the Patrick, you, you Patrick were con- Patrick Cavanagh said, said one time that the McGraths were involved in everything, unless Master McGrath. Anyway, I don't know why it was, Joe. Maybe it was to get the people from Bowsbridge up to Ballyfermot. I haven't a clue why it was invented. And tell me, tell me, Matty, what was it? It was a, it was a, it was a lovely route, wasn't it? It was a long route, but it was a lovely route across. It was a lovely route. It was hard work in the mornings. You got three loads. You got a load from Ballyfermot. Yeah. Crumlin. You got a load from Crumlin for Rapmines Renle, and then you got a load for Sandy Mount Green. It was heavy going, but. uh, And you were you you were using the old ticket machine. Oh, very much so, yeah. The hand, so, the hand, yeah. the hand crank. The hand crank, the hand crank is an old Irish custom, of course, I'd yeah. love, I'd love, I'd love to get my hands on one of those machines. They're such a part of, of well, uh, my put, childhood. You, you put the word out to the nine or ten listeners there, and right. I bet somebody will come up with a machine, Joe. <laughs> I know, I think, I think we're up to 11 listeners, Matty. I think right, we're up to I, do, I, don't, I don't have a machine now. <laughs> okay, I know that. I know that. I know that. But it was a great, it was a great bus route. Joe, thanks, Matty. Good to hear. Good to hear you hailing Hearty, uh, one of the the last of the the great bus conductors. Joe, there used to be. Yeah. There used to be. Joe, you remember? I'm just explaining to the listeners now. The nine oh, listeners. Sorry. That now your grand. That the, there used to be people say, "What's a bus conductor?" A bus conductor. When you got on a bus back in the old days at the open the open uh, platform at the back, you went and sat down, and a bus conductor came around to collect your fare and gave you a ticket. That was back in the old days, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, and if okay. you nearly missed the bus, you ran and oh, jumped, you jumped on the platform. On. Oh, fair play to you. Fair play to you. <laughs> so, Joe, are you, are you a member of any group in in where you live? Do you, is there a social club or a little... You said they go for a cup of, cup of tea after Mass. After Mass, yeah. Yeah, in that's the lovely. Centre, people go in and it's like their little social brilliant, occasion brilliant. before they go home. And they and have a chat, yeah. They could be in for the rest of the day, you know. Yeah, I know that, I know that. And Joe, yeah. do, you, do you go into town? Well, I was actually in Whitefriars Street the other day. I oh, lovely. Confession Mass. I was listening to your programme about Grafton Street and uh. I actually went in there to go into two shops and uh. I was cutting through and if you've if you've asked me if I could, if I saw a policeman I couldn't tell you because <laughs> I was watching the time to get to Mass on my yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well Joe, have a love have a lovely Christmas. Thanks for highlighting oh, that. God, You're getting, I hope so. Uh, you will, please, yeah. God. You will, you will. And then your yeah. nephew, you see them on Christmas Eve. They come down. That sounds... That sounds yeah, uh, that's, that's lovely. A, yeah. yeah, that's lovely. Okay. And yeah. and many more years. And we put all those questions to Transport for Ireland and see, please, see what God. they and tell us. Please, God. And as I say, if they ever but yeah, but we, just, we just stand for the doll, Joe. You sound like a great campaigner. Oh, gosh. Great <laughs> energy in you. Great energy in you. <laughs> so mind, your, mind yourself. Thanks, Joe.
Thank you. God bless you. And happy happy Christmas and many, many more of them. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe with RT.ie and 51551. Uh, is our text number and so many people taken by uh, Joe there uh, her conversation with us and her her sincerity and uh, humility and just her graciousness um, a gift a gift Kira Bork Kira um, you're in a difficult situation uh, tell us why uh, good morning good afternoon Joe yeah. um, Joe I have been in business since 1998 okay. I run a business um, on my family farm Okay. I converted our buildings to a restaurant gift shop well and takeaway yeah. um, I started off with my mum and myself making coffee tea and scones and soup and now I have 25 full time employees and 13 part time employees Okay. but Joe I've never seen it so difficult to make to make ends meet and the cost of doing business in this country for an independent uh, small business mm-hmm. is, has become impossible, and uh, to be honest, I don't know if I have the have the energy or the yeah. courage to reopen in January. Why? What's happened? Okay, so first of all, um, well, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was, uh, you know, December. We we're hoping that December would happen. Christmas hasn't really happened this year in in Ireland in small businesses because of online sales and, yeah, okay. you know, and, and like the cost of living for people is is very high, and people just don't have the money. And now, uh, despite that, the planes are full going out of the country to sunny climes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I found that with all of the extra expenses that we've had to incur in small businesses, in increasing rates, increasing uh, electricity charges, insurance up 30%, uh, electricity and gas triple what they were before, um, you know, all of the wine licenses, water charges, waste charges, maintenance, repair, rent rates, rent and equipment, alarm monitors, um, mm-hmm. you know, training for staff, uh, MRO costs for playing music in your restaurant, Spotify, everything has just gone up and up. And to make it an example, we sell lovely scones and cakes, yeah. whatever. My butter prices have gone up for 25 kg from 100 euro in January 22 to 209 in September 23. Oh, now that's over 109% increase. Chicken fillets have gone from a euro to 140. You know, like these are all small mm-hmm. little, that's only two items in our business that we sell and every single item in our business has increased. Now I'm looking down the line, the budget, the budget from the 2023 budget mm-hmm. and the government were very generous to give a, an increase in 12, in 12.5%, actually 15 when you include the PRSI increase um, to all members of staff and to, you know, minimum wage. Minimum wage and okay. I am all for people getting the getting yeah, the living everyone wage. Is, I'm yeah. all yeah. for. Everyone's entitled to it. Mm-hmm. But who's paying if not the government? Yeah, of course. Small businesses yeah. are paying for it. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> with the extra sick days to pay for holiday pay, like if I have a waitress that's ne- that is off, her, her work doesn't wait until she comes back. She I have to replace mm-hmm. her when she's on holidays. So just every single increment, uh, the opt-in for pensions is coming down the track, and you know which is essential as well. So everything, and I'm just wondering... <clears throat> I'm on my knees. I'm just wondering, and I know. <coughs> sorry, excuse me, throat. Yeah. I'm on my knees, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering what other restaurants. I don't know. Friends of mine who are in the same business are in the same same predicament. Mm. And soon on the streets of this country, Joe, we're not going to have restaurants and cafes at all <clears throat> to give the Kate meal a fall chip because it's too expensive. Okay, to, and you uh, run your place, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'll try, yeah. I'll try and tweet a photograph during one of the breaks. It's called Sage and Stone. It's in yeah. Dulique. It's uh, obviously there's a coffee shop, but you sell food and gifts as well, don't you? Yeah, no. So I have a restaurant. I have a takeaway which I opened during COVID, and I opened a, a gift shop after COVID as well. Oh, brilliant! You're COVID, brilliant. Um, I, I pivoted about five times during COVID. I had well circus done. tents outside. I had um, I did deliveries all over the country. I did, I just I did my best to keep it going and to keep the staff I have employed. By the way, and mm-hmm. uh, so. And how many staff have, do you we, employ? So I have 25 full-time and 13 wow. part-time. Wow. And those 13 part-time are, like, needs their little job yeah. uh, to cover their costs for going to college. Yeah, and that's 25. But I can't afford, I won't be able to afford to keep 
half of them on in the new year. That's 38, 38 families I'm thinking of. of all. That's incredible. Uh, that's a, that's a, that is, that's not a small business. That's a big business. Now, yeah. you know, the, now, ar- the, know the, 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 <clears throat> the, the argument I right. heard recently, and nobody, nobody would, and we know we'd be destroyed now when you say this, um, when you say the minimum wage went up, but it, the, the, it was the government and that, that committee that put it up, but they're not paying for it. It's the employers that no. pay for it. And exactly. one downside, which I haven't heard being said, was uh, an owner of a supermarket said to me, when the minimum wage it goes up and it's going up again, he said, I, I simply can't afford to pay it. So what I'll do is, and by the way, this is, this is someone who gave it a starter job to every student in the community, every student in the community. And he said, what's going to happen is I'm going to go much more automated. Uh, so the starter yeah. jobs will be gone. Simple as that. Well, can I tell you, Joe, that an, a robot, I can get a robot waiter for nine and a half grand. It, costs me, it will cost me 26 grand to pay uh, the, the minimum mm. wage a year. The robot doesn't go on holidays. He gets charged for four and a half hours a day um, and, he do, and he works seven days a week. This is, where, yeah. this is the future. Yeah. And it's very sad because what, what, what the caveman of fortune in this country will be gone because it is too expensive to run a business. Now, can I just also say, yesterday I had, uh, there was a power failure up in the village yeah. and 2,000 places were closed. And uh, so I had everyone ready to, to order their Christmas lunch with their businesses. I had a restaurant full. Next thing, the lights went out and I couldn't serve and I watched hundreds walking out the door. Did you, now, did, was it a, did some was JCB it cut into a cable or was it I don't know planned? what happened. We had no power on Saturday, which I, I was told about and I got a generator in, which cost me €750 Euro to keep the place open for the day. But I wasn't notified about yesterday. It just went with no notice. So I had all these bookings, hmm. no notice, and I get onto the ESB and say, "Look, you know, who, like, who do I talk to about getting compensation for this? No, no one." Um, ESB Networks understood. This is ESB response. A planned out- outage in Julique last Saturday, last uh, to facilitate a new business connection in the yep. local business park. Like, how long? How long no, were you out? Fine. Yeah, fine. but how long were you out for? I was out for the whole day Saturday, but then I had I had already organised a generator for that. But they Yesterday, say, in fairness, the ESB network say we, we, we about three hundred customers were notified twelve oh no, days well, in I advance. Was yeah, and I didn't mind getting yeah. the generator, and I paid for it out of my own pocket because I get no compensation for that. But yesterday, I was cut by, with no, no notification, and I was told at one o'clock, I rang them straight away, and I said, what's the story, what's going on? And they said, oh, there's a fault in your area, it won't be back till half two. So that's my lunchtime over. And, and yesterday, then, wait, wait for this, Kira. Yesterday, the outage yesterday was completely unrelated to the to the planned maintenance last Saturday, where you lost your electricity for the day. It was as a result of a balloon coming into contact with an overhead line, a balloon causing the local network to trip. Well, thankfully, no injuries resulted, i.e. there was no one attached to the balloon. This serves as a timely reminder to the public, stay safe and stay... I- do balloons knock out the, the electricity system? Well, I, I don't know. I'm not an electrician. But um, I, all I know is that, you know, businesses all over our village was closed and yeah. small businesses are trying, struggling and trying to, trying to make the most of the Christmas. And, like, you know, it's, it's, it's actually... And they say... And, they, and the last two months, the yeah. last year, has been about 20% down because of the cost of living crisis. And okay. everybody is, is, is under pressure. And, and I understand you, that. What are you saying about the new year? What's the prospects? Well, I just think that small businesses are going to have to get a leg up. They got a leg up during COVID and this is the same leg up we need now because otherwise you'll have 38 people out of work. It's that, and, and I'm not the only one. It's that touch I'm and go. I'm not the only one. Huh? It's that touch and go. No, no, no. I will, Joe, I, I have powered through and I'm a very strong yeah, person. You sound I have like powered it. through yeah, in yeah. the past, right? But I will power through this but it will end up getting, you know, okay. a lot of there's my own, staff will have to, be, have to go. There's only so much you can take. There's exactly. only so much. Yeah. Um, and so I just wondered, I just want, and that's why I came, that's why I wrote to you, because, you know, bar strapping myself to the doll with a placard, this mm. is the better option. 
Well, where's Ismi and I in all of this? Why? Where? That, that's their well, job. Well, the Restaurants Association of Ireland come out and they just say that you know this is the amount of closures we've had, and we're, we're trying to contact the government. I have I have copied my email to you, to mm. Simon Coveney and to um, Fine Gael. So I'm just waiting for waiting for them to come back. Um, revenue are on top of me like a ton of bricks. Um, mm. Like I have. I'm a, you know, like I've paid 17, 17 grand a month or something I pay in, and I, my, my bill is probably 28 grand, but yeah. I can't afford to pay the extra because of the extra costs mm. of keeping the place open. It's just, an, uh, do, you, do you feel, do you feel you get a fair hearing? No. Um, I get, I get lip, lip service. You know, I oh, will help you, and we'll deal with the revenue for you, or whatever. But like, that's not—that's only pushing the pushing the problem far down the line. And it's the same with everyone. Well, I just I mean, give you—I like, just give you some reaction we're getting. A business mm. that can't afford to pay its staff the minimum wage isn't a viable business to begin with. That's the—that's the attitude. And you went. Well, that's the attitude from say the big big places like Google or whatever. I mean, that's grand. But a service industry—is that someone from a service industry? I don't know who. That just see a name. I don't know what yeah, he, well, I mean, like there's, there's, there's businesses like pharma and IT and software and all the rest that can mm. afford to pay it, right? But ask any restaurant in this country, and I'd love to see if other other restaurants will come on over the next okay. few days, Joe, okay. to see what, where this goes. Okay, okay. Uh, Kira, it's called Sage and Stone. It's beautiful there. And which which way am I going into the league to get you? Well, you can come down the M1 and take the take the exit seven hmm. from, from you know the Juliantown exit, or you can come down the N2 and take the Dulic exit. So, do you sell do um, you sell plastic bottles of water or cans of Coke? We sell cans of Coke. Yeah, well, you know you have we to. Sell. Well, you know you have oh, to. Oh yeah, and then we'll have the latte levy as well. Okay, and you've got to administer all of that. And we have to administer it. Plus, I have to get green over the next... By 2030, you know, I'm trying to get a biodigester for, for any food mm. waste that I have. Um, I can't get any help about that because if you, can't, if you can't get your tax clearance, you can't get your this, you can't get... Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I can only keep so much up. But um, I'd be interested to see what the reaction is from other restaurants to, to the programme, to what I'm saying, because I don't think I'm on my own. Okay, Rose, Rosemary, just Rosemary, you want to make a quick point? Go ahead, Rosemary McLaughlin. Go ahead, Rosemary. Yeah, yeah, I just want to make a quick point now. I appreciate that, you know, the restaurant business is very difficult for everyone and, and it's really yeah. hard work and, and there's a lot of perishable goods and all the rest that, you know, they take a lot of risk and COVID hit them the worst and everything. But we must remember... The people that work in restaurants are usually women, and women are already struggling. They've had the worst mm-hmm. hits from COVID. They have, like, waitressing. I did it for six years in the States when I was in my 20s, and I must say it's the hardest work I've ever done, yeah. and the least paid, and the worst hours, and every Christmas Eve, every New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, every Mother's Day. You're working 10-hour shifts. Sometimes people don't show up because they don't want to, you know, come in on Christmas Eve or whatever, and you're on your own. And, I mean, honestly, we shouldn't be asking the waitresses, which are among the hardest-working, lowest people in society, usually women, sometimes women supporting their single families because they can only work at night and getting a babysitter to pay yeah, because yeah. they don't have childcare. And it's all a lot of single mums, a lot of students working their asses off, and I really don't yeah, think but, we should but, be making cuts in these low-paid jobs. I'm not asking to make cuts because I think they should be paid. And like I'm paid, I'm paid the same as the waitress here. I don't actually, and in some weeks I don't get paid because they have to be paid ahead of me. But like I, I, I'm just saying that it's not there. I'm just saying that we're not sitting here. Like people would see my car park yeah, full. Like, I mean, we should be targeting. Like the, there's low-paid jobs in the world and there's high-paid jobs, and all the women. Seem to be working all the low-paid jobs. Yeah, but and now but we're but all supposed to work yeah, our asses uh, off yeah, for a little it, bit of money. Yeah. And there's other jobs that are much higher paid and much less work. And why are we always picking on the hard jobs to take less money and work harder? But I, yeah. I, I, well, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I have I have men and women. I'm a daytime business, so um, I'm working. Yeah, but it's days. predominantly a female. Yeah, we know. It's but a Rosemary, well, what, if Kira has to go out of business, she has to go out of business. Well, you're not going to replace a waitress for nine and a half thousand. I'm sorry. You're no way are you going to mm. get get. Sorry, there's no way a robot is going to do what I did. 
I, I thought There's I did no it myself. No, let Kira, let Kira respond there. Go ahead. I, I did it myself for years. I'm not asking. I'm just saying, where is the, go- where is the, where is the money going to come from? Because uh, there will be restaurants closing down. Well, it have to be the and people I've that are I've said to myself, I have said to myself, in order to get the minimum wage, and most of them are not on minimum wage. So, so much, well, Rosemary says, put up your prices. Isn't oh, that right, And Rosemary? then you have no one coming in. There's a fine line between that. Well, there's a fine line. There's nobody going to be able to afford rent in Dublin if you're paying twelve fifty an hour. Like no one's going to be able to pay their rent. It's twelve hundred for a month for rent. You can't pay that on twelve fifty an hour. Rosemary, I There'll agree be no with one to you. work in restaurants soon. No, exactly. Well, don't mind, but the way things are going, as Kira says, there might, the be, there might be the restaurants. Okay, thanks indeed. It's uh, four, four minutes. Rosemary McLaughlin and Kira Borkuramina Mal. Kira's place is called Sage and Stone there. Uh, Jalik, uh, it's absolutely beautiful. 51551 text. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. No, I don't know who the uh, man that's standing outside Switzer's or Brown Thomas on Grafton Street He's well. He's, he's dressed as one of the friendly door staff who are very, very friendly, even if you're not going into the shop. But uh, there's a new door doorman there, and he's singing, uh, with a, and he's singing Christmas songs, and um, uh, that's that's great because I mentioned Chris Rea driving home already. It's perfectly so bad. And Sound James Feeney, research John Roy, your producer, uh, Siobhan Hawk. Great Darcy next. Oh, what? Well, hang on. Listen, listen to this. Oh yeah, I see that woman. She says to me, "I was on the S6 yesterday." And the driver started singing A Winter's Tale. His name was David Essex. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.